Hi, this is Chad Gordon with a special episode of the Leader Chat Podcast. Today, I'm here with Ken Blanchard for a trip down memory lane as we look back on the great insights and valuable information we learned from our guests this year. If you're a regular listener, you know that I always ask the guests to share the one thing they'd like our listeners to take away from the episode. So you're going to hear Ken and I talk about what we learned, then hear from each of our guests this year as they share their most important message. Are you ready? Let's get started. Ken, we had such a great conversation with Linda Behrens and her book, Understanding Yourself and Others. And I know we've, you and I have had so many different conversations about the importance of really getting to know yourself, self-mastery. Why is it so important from your perspective, Ken, to really get a hold of what makes you tick before you start to put yourself out into the world? Well, I think, Chad, that if you don't feel comfortable with who you are, it's going to be tough for you to make other people around you feel comfortable, too. Because what happens with people who uh, are not sure who they are and try and cover things up, they get their ego in the way. And that really is, is, a, is a major problem. Uh, and what we really need to do is feel comfortable with who we are. And then we can reach out to other people and help them feel comfortable talking with us. Uh, I think the big thing with working with others is it's we, not me. And the way we get around that is to really feel comfortable with who we are. Well, Linda, we have time for just one more question. I always like to, to to close out the podcast with this one. And it's we we've got such a great dedicated group of listeners out there. And if you had one thing, one bit of wisdom that you'd like to impart upon them about what we've talked about today, what would that be? Uh, know yourself, make space for others, and then shift your perspectives. Ken, we had such a great conversation as well with Bill Treasurer, his book, Leadership, Two Words at a Time. And the simplicity of his message, Ken, really harkens back to everything that I know that you've been teaching for your entire career. What is it about, in your belief, that leadership doesn't have to be this big, huge ordeal? It can actually be very simplified, and you can bring your bring it to people really easily. Yes, uh Chad, I, I just think that the, the key thing to being effective as a leader is to not make it complicated. It, it shouldn't be all that complicated. There are simple truths. And some of the simple truths Bill talks about, which, you know, is you got to know yourself and feel comfortable with yourself. And, and then when you do that, then you can reach out to uh, to people. But uh, I just think that life is is not all that complicated. And we keep on complicating, like catching people doing something right. That's a simple truth. And the people say, wow, that's really powerful. You know, I ought to wander around and catch people doing things right rather than going around catching them doing things wrong. And so simple truths are all about truth. All right. This is uh, how we end every podcast. So everybody that listens to Leader Chat knows what's coming. If you could think of one thing, if you think about our conversation today, one takeaway, if they only remembered this, what would it be uh, for all of our great listeners out there? It maybe stems as an implication from everything we talked about. And I'll give it to you in two words, since my book is Leadership, Two Words at a Time. Be courageous. Be courageous. That means the courage to be vulnerable, 
the courage to do uncomfortable things, to move into your discomfort zone, to have the uncomfortable conversations, to allow yourself to learn and listen. Be willing to get outside where the skinny branches are and get into the discomfort zone. I would say that the most important thing for new leaders, any leaders, seasoned leaders, be courageous and then stay courageous. Another great conversation we had was with Carol Kaufman in her book, Real-Time Leadership, Finding Your Winnie Moves When the Stakes Are High. And Ken, I think this is the part that a lot of leaders sometimes get wrong. Um, and it's a part that a lot of people get wrong when the going gets tough, when the stakes are high, when you're up against it, sometimes your best self doesn't come out. So how do you share with people? How do you coach them so that that they're, they are their best self when they when they're needed the very most? Well, it's interesting, uh, Jazz. The problem that people have not being their best self is they, they get in a stimulus response uh, mindset, you know. Somebody says something to them, they got to respond right away. No, you don't. You ought to give yourself some space and say, wow, that's really interesting. Let me think about that. Or uh, why are you asking that kind of question? Or, you know, uh, you know so take time to think things through before you respond uh, and you'll be a lot better at helping other people be their best too. If, if there was just one thing that our listeners could take away from our conversation with us today, Carol, if there's just one thing, what would you want to share with them? I would say when something is thrown at you, make the space for choice. Be aware of whatever framework works for you. If the move model works for you, that's great. If another model works for you, use that. But if you can make space, so imagine a bowling ball is thrown at you. Do you catch it? Do you put it down and look at it? Do you duck? Do you hand it back to the person? In those moments, how can you make space? And then I think you can become you know, a wise and ideally extraordinary in terms of being able to put, you know, people and your purpose first, but then get to high performance as well. Another really great conversation with Ozan Varl, his book, Awaken Your Genius, Escape Conformity, Ignite Creativity and Become Extraordinary. So many incredible concepts here. So many big concepts, Ken. What do you think? Well, to me, experiential learning is just so powerful because uh, what you should be doing as a leader is don't get your head down and focus on this one thing. But while you're working and leading, keep your head up. Be be, Be a learner, always trying to see what's going on out there. How can I help and how can I be the best uh, me. And so I just love his whole idea about, you know, igniting your own creativity and uh, becoming, you know, extraordinary. You, uh, be you and be the best. Ozana, as we begin to wrap up our, our discussion today, what's the one thing that you'd like our listeners to take away from this? The one thing is... um it goes back to the beginning of the of the conversation the point that no one can compete with you at being you you are the first and the last time that you'll ever happen if you don't awaken your own genius if you don't claim the wisdom that you're sitting on top of 
that wisdom is going to be lost both to you and to the rest of the world. And so, so much value in, in, um, in escaping conformity in stop singing gospel and, and start singing the Folsom prison blues that, that only you can sing. Ken Soren Kaplan, experiential intelligence. What's your take on that term experiential intelligence and, and how do you see it come to life in the world of leadership? Well, it's interesting. I look back at what, what I've learned over the years because I was not a great uh, test taker, you know. I mean, I took the college boards a number of times and never really got more than 900 total, you know. And uh, But I got into Cornell because I was president of the school and all. And uh, because what I was able to do was uh, kind of take a look at what was going on out there from what I've learned from my mother and my father, my mother said, don't you ever act like you're better than anybody else. God didn't make any junk. There's a pearl of goodness in everyone. So dig for you. So I became a digger. Hmm. When I became a digger, I became popular. And my dad was interesting. I won the president of the seventh grade and I came home and I was all pumped up. And he said to me, Ken, now that you're president of the seventh grade, uh, your leadership training begins. You don't ever use your position. Great leaders are great not because they empower, but because they know how to bring out the best in the people around them and all. And so uh, that's, that to me is all about uh, experience. And I had this wonderful experiences growing up and learned a lot about leadership from them. So as we begin to kind of wrap up our time together, and thank you so much, Soren, for, for taking some time to share in your thoughts. Uh, What's one thing that you'd like our listeners to, to take away from our conversation today? Just that we all have experiential intelligence. It's that third leg of the stool we've been relying on, along with IQ and EQ, that has been kind of underneath our seats and it's been hidden from us. It's our internal fingerprints, really. And we all have an opportunity to look at our experiences, understand them better, and leverage the strengths that they gave to us. And so I think it's it's an accessible, simple idea. It's a no-brainer, really, but it's one of these untapped opportunities that individuals, leaders, and organizations have. Ken, I loved the conversation with Seth Godin. Um, such a, a joy to connect with him. He's such a, he's just one of the top gurus of the day um, and has just been pro, so prolific with his writing and his speaking. His book that we spoke about is The Song of Significance. And it's such an interesting concept to think about significance in your life. Ken, how did you, what were your takeaways from our conversation? Well, what did I love about uh, reading from uh, Seth and thinking about what I've been doing over the years is what's the difference between success and significance? You know, success is all about getting the numbers, getting results. Significance is about having an impact in a positive way on people's lives. And there's no reason why you can't have both, but a lot of people focus just on success and miss the significance. And we want to really see how we can get both. And I think you get both by first sort of saying, how can I make a difference in this person's lives? And then backing up to uh, things that might make them more uh, successful. And uh, it's really interesting. The reason I got fascinated by this too, is I 
I got into servant leadership, which I think was helping people move from success to significance. You know, a lot of people, when they think servant leadership, they think it's the inmates running the prison or trying to please everybody or some religious movement, but they don't realize that there's two parts of it. One is vision, direction, values, and goals, because leadership's about going somewhere. And that comes from the traditional hierarchy. It doesn't mean you don't involve people. But once that is set, now you turn the pyramid upside down, and now you work for your people. And if you really want to produce significance in life, you work for your people. They don't work for you. How can you help them win? And in the process, you know what? They're going to help you win. As we start to wrap up our time, Seth, what what's one thing you'd like our listeners to take away from, from the conversation today, from, from your book, from your insights? So the reason to write a book for someone like me who doesn't make a living writing books is to have a conversation start. So what I did with this book is I made uh, a free pamphlet. And if you get five copies of the book, I send you 25 copies of the pamphlet because I want you to have a conversation. The kind of people who listen to you, Chad, get it. It's their peers who don't get it. It's their boss who doesn't get it. Let's talk about it. If we don't talk about it, it's not going to get better. And so the magic of what Ken did all those years ago and continues to do, the magic of one of my books when it works is you can hand it to somebody and say, on Monday, we're going to talk about this. And that's all I want. The, you know, the Carbon Almanac started a million conversations about the climate. That's what it was for. This book, you know, go to sess.blog slash song. I got a bunch of videos there. and You can find out all the details. But basically, I just want people to talk about it. If after you talk about it, you decide you want to run an industrial entity that tells people exactly what to do, please do. But I don't think most people want to do that. I just think they're afraid to have the conversation. Our conversation with Catherine Studdart with her book, Motivation, The Ultimate Guide to Leading Your Team. Ken, I mean, your whole world and life is based around, you know, the discussion around leading um, and whether it's about teams, it's whether about bringing the motivation out of people. Uh, this this book and this topic really hits home with a lot of the areas that you spent your life researching and teaching. Well, I think the most important thing in leading a team is to feel comfortable with who you are. Because if you can feel comfortable with who, who you are, then you can help bring out the best in them. But uh, people who want everybody sucking up the hierarchy, they're all for covering up not okay feelings about themselves. So be comfortable with who you are, and then you can reach out to your people and help them become who they should be and who they can be. Boy, that's a win-win. I always like to ask this question at the end, and that means we're at the end. What is the one thing when you think about all the people that are going to be listening to this podcast? What is kind of the one nugget in all your research and all your time? What's the one one thing that you want the listeners today to to, to take away um, into their world? Mm-hmm. I think if you're a manager, and I'm assuming most people le- listening to this podcast are, then what you have to bear in mind is what you do and what you say influences how other people think and how they feel. And how they think and feel influences how motivated they are and engaged they are. So you have to be intentional in what you do and say, because you can either 
knock people down. You can damage their persistence, their resilience. They, they can lose their sense of purpose. Or if you do and say the right things, you can give them that sense of purpose and that persistence and resilience so that they perform better and have better well-being too. Ken, we talked with Nate Regeer, his book, Compassionate Accountability, How Leaders Build Connections and Get Results. And this one really hit home a lot for me as well, because you always talk about leading with your heart. And when you talk about compassionate accountability, a lot of people, when they hear the word accountability, they think command and control. They think a whip. You think you, you, you know, you've got to get yelled at if you don't do your thing. But you're one that's been preaching compassion and and servant leadership from the very beginning. What's your take on this this viewpoint of compassionate accountability? Well, I think what it's really saying is that I want to help you win, and I'm there for you. It's not about me and you're pleasing me. It's about how do we do it together. It's we, not me. And boy, that's just so powerful when you start working with other people when they realize that you are compassionate uh, about them winning and the accountability you're holding them to is a win-win accountability. Wow, we're in this thing together. Nate, what is the one thing, as, as, as we start to wrap up our conversation, what's the one thing that you want our listeners to take away from our conversation today? Oh, um. Uh, here's the one thing coming out of COVID where we are right now in our world and with, with our businesses, we have never needed compassion and accountability in equal measure more leaders no longer get to choose between the two. They were able to get by with it before, but no longer can we choose. So it's time to step up our game and realize that we can have both and practice both uh, in order to build the best companies and the best teams. Again, one of my absolute favorite conversations this year we had for the podcast was with Marilee Adams, her book, Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. One of the main reasons is I've been working for a while with my own coach, and this was one of the first books he suggested to me in terms of just reframing and looking at things in a different way. And and I think that's one of the reasons um, that when I think about the success you've had is your preaching to the workforce and to all the leaders out there is you have to be agile. You have to adjust. You have to look at things in a different way and continue to peel back the onion as a leader. So I know this book resonated really well with you. Um, what was your, some of your takeaways from, from the message that, that Marilee shared with us? Well, first of all, I like the whole concept of being a chief learning officer, <laughs> you know, and, and really being there, Uh, And part of that is being the chief question officer. Mm. You're going to learn. you got to keep on asking questions. And uh, that uh, when you're in a learning mindset versus a judge mindset, what a difference it makes for people around you. Because they say, wow, uh, we can learn together. This is not I have to please him or her. Uh, It's what can we learn together that's going to make us both more effective and help uh, our customers or people we're trying to work uh, with. And so uh, uh, I just uh, just like that, the uh, chief questioning officer. <laughs> and uh, uh, good stuff. You know, get out of your own way. 
and get out there with people. Well, we're, we're just about out of time. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I, I, I wanted to ask you if you were to, to share one thing that you want our listeners to take away from the time that you've spent with me today and, and all of your learnings, what's that one thing you want them to remember? Ask more, tell less, get yourself into learner mindset, pause, listen, care about people, and the results will follow. Our conversation with Dan Rockwell, I, I I giggled a little bit when I was talking to you about this before, Ken, because Dan, his book, The Vagrant, The Inner Journey of Leadership, he used a, um, a parable format. And, and we know you've got some pretty good, uh, good, good, good background using parables to get the, the point across. But uh, this story really is about the value and the importance of self-reflection. And so when you think about self-reflection, how has that helped you grow? Is that how, how has that helped other people you've guided in their careers grow when they've been more self-reflective? Well, I think that self-reflection really sort of says, I'm going to look at what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, uh, how do I build on my strengths, how do I get help find people It'll take my weaknesses and build them into the strengths. And so it, it's really about uh, getting out of your own way and admitting who you are and what you aren't, but gather people around that can make one plus one a lot greater than, than two. And I think that's what uh, Dan's all about. He said he talks about the inner journey of leadership because effective leaders are one that are willing to take a look at themselves. What's their strengths? What's their weaknesses? How do they work with those? And how do they be their very best so they can help other people be their best? Dan, if there is if there is one thing that you would like to get across to our, our listeners today, one thing that uh, that you've learned in your journey, and, and especially in your journey getting this, this book out to the people, what would you like to share? Well, and it's I'm I'm one of these very tactile guys. If you read Leadership Freak blog, you know, uh, you know, it's like five things for this and five things for that. And by the way, I used to think that's all there was to leadership. Um, and so the the book does end there. And regardless if you're in your 20s or in your 60s, uh, take some time if you can, just a few minutes every day. Take out a pen and and start to write some of some self-reflection. Do it in a structured way. Ask yourself some questions. Prepare yourself ahead of time. Think about your goals. Uh, there are so many things you can do. If you just take four or five minutes a day, you might find you do it more than that. But just start the journey of, of self-reflection because uh, uh, this helps us become uh, who we are. And you know, Warren Bennis said, "Leadership is a matter is a, is a matter of becoming yourself," and and uh, that freaks me out. Don't get me wrong; it's, it's like weird, you know, uh, because leadership is about doing stuff, right? But it's about doing them in an authentic way. And self reflection is, I think, the main tool for us to maintain our authenticity. The next conversation we had was with Dr. Taryn Marie, her book, The Five Practices of Highly Resilient People. And Ken, you are nothing if you are not highly resilient. A couple questions from you, for you rather, is one, 
is resiliency something you think that you can teach? Is that, is that a, is that a skill that I can grow? And then secondly, just the value of resiliency, that, that ability to, to bounce back where, where have you seen that in your career, how that's been so important? Well, it's interesting. The question of, can you teach resiliency? I'm not sure you can. I think you can help people be aware of it. And it's really up for them to gain the inner strength to be uh, resilient. I just love this whole concept of hers of, of uh, not about bouncing back, but bouncing forward. <laughs> and I, I just kind of uh, uh, love that. And, and uh, people who are res- resilient, we all have wounds. We all have things we need to work on. So take a look at those. How can you deal with those? And how can you gather people around you uh, that can uh, bring out the best in you and you can bring out the best in them? You know, don't act like you're infallible. Uh, We all have our issues to work on. And when we get self-reflective and know ourselves, we're better at helping people know themselves and win too. For those that have uh, been longtime listeners of the Leader Chat podcast, they always appreciate um, all the little nuggets that they can take away. So if you could give our listeners just one thing that you want them to focus on, one thing that you want them to take away from our conversation today, what would that be? Mm, That is such a great question. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of great nuggets that we've touched on. And so let me give our leaders this one. This comes up a lot in my executive coaching work. A lot of my leaders come to me and they're like, I'm behind, I'm failing, I'm letting people down. And I'm like, okay, well, who who is telling you this? Who are you hearing this from? Was this part of your like performance review? Did you hear this from your manager? No, this is what I'm this is what I'm telling myself. This is this is how I feel. And so I think for so many of us, it's so easy to feel bad about ourselves, to feel like we're behind, to feel like we're not enough, to feel like we're not doing enough, to feel like everybody else has it figured out and, and we don't. And so in those moments, right, if, if you felt like this, Chad, if, if our listeners have felt like this, are feeling like this, What I like to do is I like to talk to people about this idea that we are all, you are all both a masterpiece and a work in progress. And what that means is the masterpiece part is that we are all perfect in this moment, just as we are. Nobody's in lack. Nobody's in scarcity. Nobody's not enough. We're all doing the very best we can, and we are a masterpiece, like a masterpiece, you know, work of art. We're all a we're all a Mona Lisa, if you will. And we are all simultaneously, paradoxically, works in progress, which mm-hmm. means we're gonna get better, we're gonna grow, we're gonna continue to learn and evolve and change and develop. And that's so exciting. And so what I'd love to leave our listeners with is this idea that if you're in a moment of feeling just like you can't keep up and you're not enough and everybody else seems to have it figured out, uh, remember that we are all works in progress, just perfect in this moment as we are, or sorry, we're all masterpieces, just perfect in this moment as we are, and we're all works in progress. 
Our conversation with Dr. Keith Keating, his book, The Trusted Learning Advisor, you know, so many great nuggets in this book, but the the one like the red thread that kind of gets pushed through and pulled through rather is the focus on empathy and empathetic leadership. And and Ken, you know the value of of having empathetic mindset. Um, where do you see that having the most important part of a person's development? How do they how do they focus? on on being more empathetic and how does that carry over to a much more successful career? Well, I love this uh, whole concept of having people realize that they're the hero of their own story. Hmm. And uh, if, if you understand who you are, then you have a better chance of helping other people understand who they are. And I think that's what empathy is all about is it's a, it's a two-way communication process where uh, I'm here for you, but I also like the fact that you're here for me too. But we start by my being empathetic to your issues and, and all. And then in the process, you can take a look at helping me too. It's, it's that, again, we've said it a number of times. It's about how do we create a win-win relationship? And we do it when we understand each other better and are empathetic uh, with each other about our strengths and our weaknesses. What's what, what do you think? What's the one thing you'd like our listeners to, to take away from our conversation? It's our responsibility to be practicing empathy in everything that we do as talent development leaders. And that's empathy with our stakeholders to understand that sometimes our stakeholders are also order takers. We may not see that side of the table. To us, it just seems like they're resistant, they're giving us an order, but we don't necessarily know where that order resonated from. So we've got to be empathetic towards the situation that they're coming from. And, and our goal really is to make them the hero of their own story. On top of that, we need to be empathetic to our learners and the organization, to the talent, because they are the ones that we are responsible for at the end of the day. Yes, our stakeholders are the ones writing the checks, the proverbial checks, but really we are beholden to planning for, preparing for, and being advocates of the talent within the organization. And, and one tool, if you're not familiar with design thinking, is to become familiar with design thinking, put that as a tool in your toolkit, because design thinking starts with empathy. It doesn't start with the problem. A lot of problem solving solutions start with the problem, whereas design thinking takes a step back and it says, let's start with empathy. Let's find out from the people the challenges that they're facing, and then we'll synthesize all that data to figure out what is the actual problem statement we're trying to solve for. So in summary, it's being empathetic in everything that we do on all sides of the table. Ken, we were blessed with so many great conversations, so many great authors. The, the topics ranged all over the place. It, uh, it talked about looking within, talked about like the way the environment affects you as a leader. It talks about all the different ways that that we can all kind of sharpen our sword a little bit, soften ourselves, get rid of some of the rust. What's the one thing that you'd like our listeners to take away from this incredible year of learning we've had here on the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast? Well, you know, uh, I think back at a, a thing I heard from when I met Norman Vincent Peale, who wrote The Power of Positive. I think he was 95 when I 
met him and uh and uh the uh he's always said ken if you stop learning lie down and let him put the dirt on you because you're already dead <laughs> and i think one of the most powerful things about what we've been getting here is we all have to be learners and learning has to start with understanding and being empathetic about yourself and be reflective about yourself and if you can be comfortable with who you are and be open to learning then you're going to be able to help other people be comfortable with who they are and be open to learning and wow that makes a powerful team because we're both here with a learning mindset not a judgmental mindset we're here to see what we can do together not against each other and together is better so well said ken it has absolutely been a pleasure i can't wait to do another year of these podcasts with you it is so much fun thank you so much for listening and if you haven't subscribed to the blanchard leader chat podcast already please make sure you do now once subscribed you can listen to all the fabulous episodes that we just talked about and many more plus if you'd like please leave us a review it helps the podcast grow